throw for Beatty. Maguire. Jim Cashin with offside. And Sean Maguire is the hero of the day and the hero of the run that brought them to the Aviva. And good evening and you're welcome to Offside, your weekly soccer programme here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Thanks as always to Morris O'Connor for Kilkenny Today. Kilkenny Today is on between five and six here each weekday, weekday evening. Bear Scott, how are you? I'm not too bad, Jim. Good old farm. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Kelly O'Rourke. <laughs> and how are you today, Liam? Stop. Why do you have such a big smirk on your da, face? <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Are you okay, Liam? A little I'm bit okay. fragile. You're We're only right, three yeah. games into the season. Ah, of course, of course, I, of course. I would, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a bit concerned. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're also joined for the first part of the programme by the Secretary of the Kilkenny District League, Tom Mullins. How are you, Tom? Well, Jim, how are you going? Another happy Manchester United supporter. Uh, happy today. Yeah, happy today. It was easy. It was easy to get out of bed this morning, Absolutely. Tom. <laughs> Tom, Tom, along with Bear, will be doing the draw for the Marshall quarter final in a, in a few minutes' time. Just quickly, uh, Bear, Liam, give him our text number there. I still can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're on oh eight six three five three double seven eight two, and that's brought to you with thanks to taxback.com. Okay, and of course, last weekend we had a local action started back. The new season is is up and running. Started as always do with the Mar- Pat Mar Shield and last Sunday we had uh, well there was six games actually played unfortunately there was two games resulting in walkovers in the preliminary round uh, there was two all Premier Division clashes the big one of course was on the Kells Road last Sunday afternoon between the big two the old firm as they say Evergreen and Freebooters and it was the Fair Green men who got the first brag and white bag- bragging rights of the new season 1-0 victory against Evergreen so Evergreen gone out of the Mar Shield Freebooters progress into the first round tomorrow night um, the other all for Premier Division class Ford Rangers ourselves we had a comfortable 5-1 win away to Callan United River Rangers they had a fine win they had a really good season last season well the new season is up and running well for them as well 4-2 they won at home to New Park and East End back in the back in the uh, league for after a year or two absence they came back in drew two all with Tullerone last year's third division champions and Tullerone got through uh, on penalties 3-2 after a shootout so there are the four first uh, preliminary round matches the first round proper games that were, were played St John's p- promoted from the third division last season along with Tullerone they had a great win 2-1 away to Stony for the course both of those teams will be in the same division this season as indeed with Lions and Arma Villa both of them will be in the first division this season and Arma Villa went to Doro last Sunday afternoon had a great win 2-1 a fine win down there for Arma Villa that's put Canises and Arma Villa into tonight's quarter final draw um, Dean Celtic uh, received a walkover from Highview Athletic and St Canises received a walkover from Castle Warren so that puts the two of those in the hat tonight as well so that's four of the teams that will be in the draw the other four will have to be decided by in the first round proper games tomorrow night they'll be in the draw tonight obviously as are but uh, Fort Rangers ourselves we play Bridge United tomorrow night for a place in the quarter final two all Premier Division teams again um, we had a good win against Callan on Sunday I know Callan weren't um, weren't at full strength so we, we wouldn't be uh, we'd be accepting a much expecting a much tougher battle against Bridge United tomorrow Freebooters not getting any easier for Freebooters having to go to Evergreen last Sunday they have to go to Thomastown tomorrow evening for a place in the in the quarter final draw um, Booters though will be buoyed by that win at the weekend and that might be enough to get them through tomorrow night River Rangers they host Freshford Town tomorrow night River Rangers had a great win 
as I said earlier against New Park so maybe home advantage be enough for them and Tullerone after beating East End on penalties they play Spa United from Johnstown so they're the four first round proper games that will uh, that will be decided tomorrow evening and the four victors from there will join the four that we mentioned earlier in the quarter final draw which will be made here in a couple of minutes time uh, this weekend coming it's the league is uh, is is up and running this weekend. There's just the four games, three in the St. Canis's Credit Union Premier Division, and there's one game in the Division One League. In the Premier Division, Booters are will be on the road for the third time in a week. This time they go to Gores Bridge. Start the season off against Bridge United A. I know Bridge United A are are, are going very well in pre-season. Have signed a number of new players. Connor English is uh, after taking over as player manager down there. They could be the dark horses this season in the Premier Division, and uh, it'll be a good rattle between themselves and Freebooters next Sunday. Callan again this is their first game back in the Premier Division in a number of years they play at home to Thomastown United A and also at 11 o'clock on Sunday Callum will have been disappointed with their performance against ourselves last Sunday I know they had a number of players missing they'll be hoping they'll all be back Thomastown United kind of faded away at the end of last season after having you know after starting off really well they got to the three domestic cup finals and unfortunately for them were beaten in all three they still might be a little bit too experienced for Callan on Sunday and ourselves Fort Rangers back in the Premier Division after a couple of years absence and we have a nice handy one at home to Evergreen A who are going for their umpteenth Premier Division title in a row so but you're looking you have to play them sometimes so look at we are going well as well we've had some good new signings and not going to hide away from that so we're hoping that we're going to have a, a a good season as well but it doesn't come any tougher than Evergreen A on the first day those three St. Canis's Credit Union Premier Division games all go ahead at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning and the only game in Division 1 then is St. Canis's Eddie Clifford St. Canis's there after winning Division 2 last year they get out in the first game of the season a, a City Derby away to Evergreen B out in the Kells Road Evergreen B who this season are being managed by Robbie Kwan um, Evergreen B will always be will always be strong you know what I mean there's a number of players obviously in Evergreen St. Canis's have made a few astute signings as well there's been a few in and a few out in St. Canis's but I know Eddie and the lads will be fancying their chances of having a cut at the first division this year they want to get to the Premier Division they'd make no bones about that and they might be good enough to get the better of Evergreen B on Sunday morning so that's everything that's going ahead between tomorrow night and next Sunday but lads uh, you know the qu- the quarter final draw for the Mar Shields Tom we have eight we're going to be drawing uh, four different ties but obviously the four preliminary round or the first round proper games that have to be decided tomorrow night so we'll be going you know say Fort Rangers or Bridge United that's right Jim yeah. we have 12 teams in the draw tonight and uh, we'll have a uh, We'll have four games, and then them games will be taking place next Sunday week, uh, September the fourth. That'll be the quarterfinals of the Mar Shield. So we have eight teams, or sorry, twelve teams in the hat tonight, and uh, after tomorrow night there'll be eight teams left. So yeah. what we'll do, I think, Jim, is will will we ask Bear to draw the away yeah. team? Bear draw the away team. I you draw, draw the, the home, home team. team. Now, as always, yeah. as always, I am at the opposite end of the studio. I Liam Kelly O'Rourke for you. Liam Kelly O'Rourke is an independent adv- uh, uh, whatever you call it adjudicator or observer <laughs> I have nothing to do with this draw so don't I have nothing to do with it Fort Rangers are in the hat that's as far as it goes I'm at the other end of the draw so the first one is so the first the first one out of the hat is Tolerone or Spa United we'll play Thomastown or Thomastown United or Freebooters and the next draw, the next home draw is Dean Celtic. We'll play St. Canis's. 
the next home draw is River Rangers or Freshford. We play Armand Villa. And the next home draw, the last home draw, is St. John's. We play Fort Rangers or Bridge United. So there you have it. That's the, the draw just haven't been taking place live here in the studio. Tom, if you want to recap on it there. Yeah. So the first one out of the hat was Tolerone or Spy United versus Thomastown or Freebooters. Then we had Dean Celtic are at home to St. Canis's, River Rangers are Freshford Town versus Ormond Villa, and St. John's are at home to Fort Rangers or Bridge United. Okay, and those games will take place on September the 4th. That's right, Jim. Okay. Um, Tom, look, at the season is upon us. Um, of course, you've, you've lost a, a very good man off the committee, your old friend John Corrigan, who would normally be here doing these draws. Uh, Jack Daly is the new, is the new chairman in the, in, in, of, of the Kilkenny District League, is he? That's right, Jim. Uh, John will be a huge loss. Like He was there since 1999, 23 years. But we're terribly lucky to have Jack Daly. Sure, Jack is nearly on the league as long as John. I think he came on the year after uh, John. And sure, he's there and he's very experienced. He'll be a great chairman, a great great man, a great organiser. So uh, there'll be no worries with Jack. He's a, he'll be great for the league and great going forward. Yeah, and, 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 you know, a grassroots man, a man who does it, you know, he wears the wellies on a Sunday morning, he marks the pitch and he, do, he cuts the grass and he does the whole shit and collects the money and does, does the whole that. So he, know, he, he knows... What he, you know? He, what the clubs go through. Not afraid of a bit of work. Yeah, said yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah, yeah. You know, and um, you know, there's still one or two little decisions to be made with regard to some teams in some of the lo- in lower leagues. Is there? Yeah, we're nearly there now. I think we have it fairly well balanced at at the moment. We're just waiting on one or two com- confirmations, but all the leagues will be starting on Sunday week. The fourth. Um, that's uh, the first. Well, the first starting one game this week. But we have the second and third division. The under 17s and 19s will all be starting on the fourth. That Sunday week. Um, this is great, I suppose. This this year that we have a women's league back. Uh, oh, for the that's first back for the first time. time. I in, didn't realize in a that number of years. Yeah, and uh, it's great with with great interest. I have eight confirmed teams now with a possibility of two more, and that's a really real uh, big big boost for the league because we're out of women's league uh, game for a, a number of years now. Some of our stronger teams were playing in the Carlow League, were they? That, or in that's other right. Leagues? That's right. We had Dean Celtic and New Park, and they're actually back with us now. Actually, the Carlow league was after gone a bit slack so we're getting two teams from Carlo along with them oh good uh, uh, Vale Wanderers and uh, Cretiard are coming in along with eight teams from here and and the likes of like East End traditionally were very strong Ends with the girls Evergreen in. were strong with the Evergreen girls Evergreen are in uh, um, Thomastown uh, Thomastown hopefully yeah. Stony for very strong they're, they're in yeah. they're, 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 they have a great selection of, of girls down there and they're at have a have a team in it, so they'll be great. Um, we have Highview Athletic, hopefully Lions, um, Evergreen, as you say. So we we have a, we have a great uh, interest in it, which yeah. is, which is great to see. And of course, you know, uh, ladies soccer is is on an all time high after the after the Euros. And, but it has always the Kilkenny District League has been ahead of the posse in a lot of ways with with the ladies football, hasn't it? For a number of years, like we have very successful at the interleague level. We have we won two interleague competitions and got bet in the final in the the Hearst Cup uh, under Fran Egan's uh, leadership and uh, 
um, was it uh, East End got to a national final as well. And even last year we had great success at schoolgirls levels. We had Evergreen got to the final at under 12 girls. Stonyford got to the semi-final at under 16s. And uh, Stonyford and Evergreen both won the regional cups the, uh, in the southeast. So it was great uh, success at girls and, and, and women's for a number of years. So uh, long may it last. And it's great to have it back. It was a killer to be seen uh, to, to a few locally. I, I used to follow New Park on, post, on Facebook and they were always at it all over it every weekend. Great support for them down they're not but in the Carlow League so it's great to have the, the ladies back, back. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. well sure Tom now that John has retired you're going to have to take his place as the as the regular contributor here because sir, poor old Jack Daly lives in Ratdowney so it's going to be hard for him maybe yeah, to get over yeah. so I've taken over the fixtures for this year anyway um, to see how it goes because we're short a help on the league we have only eight committee members and everyone is doubling up doing two and three jobs we could do it a bit more help but um, I'll be doing the junior fixtures and the women's and uh, the 19s and the 17s and Michael Coughlin will still be doing the school boys which are starting Sunday week as well the f- yeah, or Saturday, Saturday week Saturday week yeah, yeah yeah I might be talking to Miller about that next yeah. next Tuesday night yeah next yeah. Tuesday night okay so give us a recap one more time of the quarter final our shield draw then Tom before we go to Grand the the, quarter, the last quarter final is uh, Tolerance or Spy United versus Thomastown or Freebooters, Dean Celtic versus St. Canis's, River Rangers or Fresh for Town versus Armour Villa, and St. John's versus Fort Rangers or Bridge United. And they'll all go ahead on September the 4th. That's right. Okay, Tom, listen, thanks a million for coming in. Thanks, Jim. And thanks I'm sure we'll help. be in regular contact with you uh, yeah. over the coming weeks and months as the season Absolutely, progresses. Absolutely, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll use the facility here to do the draws going Fair forward. Fair play. Brilliant. Thanks, okay, we, okay, we better pay a few bills, lads. When we come back, We'll be looking back at last weekend's fixtures in the English Premier League and we might start with the one from last night. Annie here from TRP Kilkenny. We are delighted to team up with Offside Soccer on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Oh, he's done it! Jim Cashin with Offside. Sean Maguire gets the goal! And you're welcome back to part two of Offside, your weekly soccer programme here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Thanks to Tom Mullins from the Kilkenny District League for coming in and having the brief chat there and doing the draw for the Marshall quarterfinal. And we'll have lots of contributions from Tom and indeed the other members from the League Management Committee over the course of the season. But as always, in part two of the programme, we're going to concentrate on the results from the weekend just gone by. Most weeks, Barry, we would start with the first game that was played over the weekend and carry on from there. But there's only one place we can start this week and that's in the last with the last game that was played last night Manchester United 2 Liverpool 1 United were 4-1 to one before kickoff to win the game at home I, I even thought that was a bad price um, but look at Jim, uh, Jimmy Greaves you saw we say it's a funny old game well it's a funny old game now alright because Bear, nobody saw that coming no, no, no nobody saw it that's for sure but look I think the real winner last night, the big winner last night, was Eric Ten Hag. He had some tough calls to make before the game. He made them, and it worked. Everything went right for United last night. When I saw the teams, the lineups before the match last night, and I saw Liverpool with Elliot, Henderson, and Milner in the middle of the pitch. I said, United have to have a chance here. Now, I I still didn't think they'd win, but I thought they might get a draw, which would have been a good result, considering the way things had gone. But I think Ten Hag got his message across last night, and I think he even got it across to a certain Mr. Ronaldo, because 
he had to make the call. I, I've been saying that as long as Ronaldo's there, United are going to struggle. But the young players were being overawed by his... Now, look, I could understand it. I was a young lad myself playing with good lads. <laughs> and it, you'd be afraid of your life you do the wrong thing. Now, the thing about it last night, I thought when Ronaldo didn't come in until seven minutes from the end or something, or five minutes less, from yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that when he came in, he came in like a lad was glad to get in. Yeah. And he was prepared to accept whatever was handed to him. And I think if he kept that attitude, he'd be a very important man with United because the players will look up to him, even if he's sitting on the bench. Yeah. But his attitude has to be right. But the attitude of the lot of them was right last night. Yeah, but Bear, it does raise the question, and let's call a spade a spade, and we'll get the Liverpool version of events in a minute from Liam. Look, you managed teams for years. I've been managing them for a good number of years at different levels, and with between schoolboys and men's and Kilkenny teams or whatever. The default position of any player that goes out on any pitch, whether it's soccer or hurling or rugby or tiddlywinks, is you have to work hard and try your hardest. Yeah. Now, United's players haven't been doing that for the last twelve months. Let's since in the calendar year twenty twenty two, it has been abysmal stuff in the in the majority of cases from Manchester United, and in particular from a number of high profile players. And just to nail the mass to one, Bruno Fernandez, who has been a disgrace over the last twelve months, but he was exceptional last night. My point is, they've been cheating for the last twelve months. That's you know they've shown that they are capable of going out and giving their all, getting stuck in, winning a few tackles, actually running the hard yards. That's every player has to do that as your default position. After that then, you know, the cream should come to the crop. You know, and I think whilst it's it is definitely a step in the right direction for United last night and it was a great result. I think the likes of Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire, you know, and, and Cristiano Ronaldo, but definitely Shaw and Maguire, they're gonna really, really struggle to get back in. I Martinez was very good last night, he's very tigerish. I agree with something you said to me off the air. He looks more like a defensive midfielder than an actual centre yeah. half to me. He's tigerish. He, you know, he wants to get yeah. around the pitch. I'd still think that he might end up being more of a, a centre midfielder. I think the new left back does done very well last night. I think it was great for the confidence of Sancho and Rashford to score the goals. I think Sancho was afforded way too yeah. much time in the <laughs> penalty area. I think Virgil Van Dijk has to be seriously questioned as to you know his role in the in the Sancho goal, as in his lack. Of of a role, his lack of effort to come out and close down. I think the fact that James Milner tackled him over it on the pitch after the incident says a lot. But it's a stepping stone for United. But they gotta go to St Mary's next weekend and do the oh, same yeah, away to Southampton. To, yeah. You know, it's no, no good if they don't. But it is definitely, you know, it is definitely shown that there is, no. there is, there's, still, there's there. a spark there. Yeah. And now I wouldn't be getting carried away. I still wouldn't be surprised they went and lost against Southampton. No. But it was very good from a United point of view. But Liam, it was not good from a Liverpool point of view. And there's no way of flowering it up. No, I mean you have to be very, very critical. We talked about. Manchester United's lack of work rate over the past couple of months. Liverpool, they might as well have swapped jerseys with Manchester United because they would have fooled anybody. Um, they they weren't first to the ball the first ten or fifteen minutes. You wouldn't have thought it was a, a game against Manchester United. They didn't they didn't look up for it, and it was very very surprising because Jurgen Klopp has built his team at Borussia Dortmund and his team at Liverpool on work rate, hard work and heavy metal football. To quote the man himself, there was none of that last night. And um, defensively. As everyone saw on television, Van Dyke was abysmal. I think now we're gone to a stage where wingers and strikers actually are not one bit afraid to run at Van Dyke. You rewind the clock back two years ago, 
they wouldn't even chance it. Now they're doing it and they're having success. And Liam, I've been telling you for the last two years, Alexander, what's it, Trent oh. Alexander-Arnold is oh. not a defender. He's a right winger. That's what he is. But he's no more a defender than the man in the moon. He was so poorly exposed last night. It was unbelievable. He was he was just spun all around the place. He was running around. You can't question the yards he ran. He did put in a lot of work. But just defending. But Barry, he just can't defend. No, he's not he, a defender. He's not a defender. You know, but look, I, I, I have to admit, he was one of the Liverpool lads that I taught last night. He tried his living best. Yeah. He covered every yard on the pitch. Yeah. It just wasn't enough. And yeah. where he should be. But Gareth Southgate has been has been very has been heavily criticised for not having him, you know, having him in the England team. But I think Liam, I think Gareth Southgate sees that defensively he's just not he's not strong enough defensively. No, he's more like a midfielder and an attacking midfielder at that, not even a defensive midfielder. So I would just wonder at what stage of his career did they think this guy would be a good left back? Yes, if the team is playing in a in a certain mode, and they're 3-4-0 up he's he's able to convert defence into attack effortlessly he has his you know a good first touch and an eye for a great pass yeah. but defensively and that's the, the most important thing in that position he has not got the quality but look Liverpool were off the pace you alluded to a moment where James Milner was giving uh, Virgil van Dijk both barrels the frustration seeped around that Liverpool team but it comes back to Jurgen Klopp's transfer philosophy is not to buy recklessly and to wait for the right player there mustn't be an attacking midfielder available to Klopp's liking at the moment because if there was I have no doubt they'd be bringing him to Anfield ASAP because at the moment at a midfield of James Milner Jordan Henderson and Harvey Elliott Bar Elliott are 30 plus and between the three of them there's no goals that's a huge concern and also a huge concern is and we've highlighted this even at Liverpool's pomp is if one or, one or two of those players do pick up injuries we saw Van Dijk picked up a huge injury against Everton a couple of years ago and never fully recovered the squad is not beefy enough there was no one that they could bring on last night to change the game like him or hate him Ronaldo was brought on and despite all the antics going on off the field if United weren't a bit of bother you could say to yourself God Ronaldo's coming on he might bag them a goal Liverpool don't have that they don't have a midfield that can win a game and I hate to say it but Barmo Salah and Luis Diaz who's been a revelation there's there's no support though. Sadio Mane's absence is being felt hugely. And Roberto Firmino, I I used to love him when Liverpool were winning because he, he pulled off nice little passes and he might open up a bit of space for a Salah or a Mane. But at the moment, the way Liverpool are, he's just a waste of space. Berwick, it's three games in. We're not going to panic. Liverpool are capable of going and winning seven or eight course, games yeah. on the trot. But having said that, you know, you know, it's advantage Manchester City in a, in in a big way after last night. But Man City themselves dropped points at the weekend, and uh, but it was a great game against Newcastle. Newcastle yeah. And they went three one. They went one nil up, and then they went three one down. Newcastle were very very good, but Man City didn't panic. No. A lot of teams when they were three one down in the atmosphere that was in yeah, St James' Park, they'd have been better. But Man City yeah, showed the quality. Magnificent when they were three one down. They just like turned on the tap. Yeah. And for the next ten or fifteen minutes, they were brilliant. Yeah. Now when they got the three all, I got the feeling they were just happy to get it. And look, we we go home with a point. But as you said, Newcastle is no place to be going thinking you have handy points. No, no, no. And and Liam, look at its advantage, Manchester City now. And, you know, they have to be credited for getting the result at the weekend, don't they? Hugely. I mean, I would go as far as to say Liverpool are not in the title race at the moment. Manchester City, like, let's not confuse this Newcastle team with the Newcastle team of a season or two seasons ago. This is a team that have been buoyed by confidence. They have investment. They may not have gone out and bought 50 million players in the summer. But any signing they did make under Eddie Howe has been very shrewd and clever 
and they've all added something. I mean, Kieran Trippier, he scored an absolute rocket. He's been a great find. Yeah, um, there's goal. one or two others as well. But it just shows you how far Newcastle have come that they had that 3-1 lead they drew 3-all and they actually looked disappointed going off so it does show you how far they've come but as for Manchester City I know it's two draw points and over the past couple of years draws have felt like defeats in the type of title race we've had but they were scary how they came back and that was a point gained when you come back from yeah. 3-1 down away from home lads mm. that's a point gained that's and then it. and then to sit down last night and see Liverpool losing like the smile was all over Manchester City's face look at it's not all about Liverpool and Manchester City and United and look at lads credit to where credit is due um, this programme and Liam you in particular have been very critical over the last couple of years of Mr Arteta at Arsenal but um, they've given him the time they've backed him they're now backing him in the transfer market and um, you know so far so good this season they've been very very good they haven't beaten a whole ton but they've done so very impressively and they look like they're definitely going to be in a serious top four contention yeah with the health warning that we are three games in Jim yeah. but I'm not going to pretend I wasn't critical of Arteta I was very sceptical of a coach taking on a managerial job who had done nothing in the game prior to being appointed by being Pep's partner but um, no look any business they've done did the fine I say the fine we all knew about Gabriel Jesus I don't think we appreciated how good Jesus was until he got into that yeah. Arsenal team he's like t- he's gone down a few notches okay in terms of quality but that Arsenal team now are playing a system that suits Jesus he's the man he's the focal point at the top of the pitch and he's really really is working Martin Odegaard they found him from Saucy Dad I think to make some of to make someone of his age the captain is a bit of a gamble it's worked really well he's putting in really good performances but Arsenal as a unit they get that blend right of steeliness they're keeping teams out they're not giving away big chances and they're very good in the attacking side of the pitch as well so they're playing lovely stuff at the moment and uh, they're not title contenders but I tell you I'd make them strong hot favourites for top four next well it means the top four is, is, is really yeah, going to be competitive but um Jesus is 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 a really good player. Barry. He's a very good player, and look, they they've, they've bought other good players. They have a very good looking squad now. You know, they can take an injury or two and yeah. still put out a decent side. Yeah, and they've started well, and that can only do them a lot of good. And like Liam says, they should be in the fight for the top four. That's for sure. Liam and uh, Spurs, this was a real typical Antonio Conte job. You yeah, know, but they were poor in the first half. Obviously got a bit of a rock at the half-time, came out, were better in the second half. Most importantly, didn't concede. And look at lads, Harry Kane done the business for him again. 1-0 to Spurs, but a really important win for uh, him. You yeah, know. again, like we do always say, that these matches come along every so often. Fairly often, I have to say that. It's not easy to win them. And it's, you're hanging on sometimes, and all of a sudden... You get a goal that gets you the three points, and that's what they did on Sunday. You know, and look at Kane again, Liam. When they really, when they really needed a goal, Harry Kane got them one. Worth his weight in gold, and I suppose the only regret from Harry Kane's career is he hasn't got a Premier League title because any of the big six clubs, including Man City or Liverpool, would love to have him. But no he proved himself again on Saturday Spurs will be we've said it before far from vintage for much of this season if you're going to North London on your holidays Arsenal might be the team to watch but by God did they have a steeliness and a a determination and they're not going to concede a whole rake of goals this season if they're going to be beaten they're going to have to really really be taken on and bullied almost like that game at Stamford Bridge and there's only so many teams that can do that so Spurs are going to be a tough nut to crack Speaking of Stamford Bridge the uh, the Chelsea went to Leeds on Sunday uh, Bear, and uh, the only word for it is got pummeled well look I, this is one I got really badly wrong yeah 
that my only defence is I hadn't actually seen Leeds play this year. But I had seen Chelsea, especially the week before against Spurs. They were magnificent they against were Spurs. Brilliant. And yeah. I, I could not see Leeds, especially with Phillips gone and uh, yeah, Rafinha, Rafinha, you know, Rafinha gone. I, yeah. I, I couldn't see them beating Chelsea. Maybe, maybe get a draw or whatever. But no, again, I didn't see it on Sunday, but I'm told they won well. They did, but lads, Liam, what was the Chelsea goalkeeper doing for the first goal? <laughs> no, but like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like everything that's, you know, the game, you know, they missed a number. They had a few chances themselves. Obviously, there's talks of Aubameyang coming in. But, they, you know, the, 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 the goalkeeper was horrendous for the first goal. And that gave Leeds the, the impetus in the game. And they never gave it up. And, and, and Leeds were very, in the second half, Leeds were wonderful. Yeah, Leeds can be very hot or cold. They're, you know, if they get that bounce, you don't want to be a team facing them at Ellen Road because the crowd gets behind them and they have some serious attacking, forward thinking players. Um, um, but I'm not quite sure what happened to Chelsea. I was so impressed, you know. You know, they were so good yeah, against Tottenham. But they were so good. I mean, they didn't maybe create the chances they would have liked, but they were getting in the right areas and the football was crisp and strong. They were just bullied off the park by Leeds and it was almost like they were beaten by enthusiasm. And if you're a quality team, that should never happen. And I'm not quite sure what Thomas Tuchel could say after that because I think everyone was just in pure shock. Two teams, lads, they're having to be very disappointed with the start they've made. Um, West Ham United were beaten 2-0 at home to Brighton at the weekend. And uh, whilst West Ham, you know, have been poor, Bear, this Brighton, Brighton, have, been Brighton have been terrific. And, yeah. and Potter, Graham Potter deserves uh, a lot of yeah. credit for the style Serious of play that he man. has. Serious yeah. man. You know, you and, know. And, and, that's and he's sold some good players. And he still hasn't panicked. He still has his side that he wants. But he has a magnificent scouting system across he Europe. I mean, he's has, bringing these guys yeah. in that know. The, the, the story is, if, you, if, if people have heard of you, we don't want you nearly. That's the kind of the thing. <laughs> Liam, um, the other side that really will be disappointed with their start is Leicester. And uh, they went in front at, the, uh, at, at last Saturday at home to Southampton, a Southampton team that have been widely tipped to be knee-deep in the relegation battle and probably indeed will be. But uh, Leicester looks like for fan is on his way out and maybe Tillemans is going to follow him and, uh, and Leicester could have a long season of struggle ahead. Yeah, Leicester were almost like the epitome of what you've mentioned there with Brighton. They, they unearthed some gems from across Europe and they made use of them. It just feels to me at the moment that it's all gone a bit stale. I'm not quite sure if the same aura as around Brendan Rodgers, the kind of exciting football that he got Liverpool to play and, and Leicester over the past couple of years. They don't seem to be a team with any direction and I'm not quite sure where it's all going. I don't think Leicester is a club where it know, where it know where it's all going. So interesting times ahead. I, I can't quite work them out. They're a bit of a an unusual case. Couple of minutes just to go the other, just two or three other games. Burr. Um Stephen Gerrard has spent a lot of money at Aston Villa, but they certainly don't appear to be progressing. And uh, Crystal Palace were excellent, I thought, against Aston Villa. Yeah. And I think Saha was bordering on unmarkable. When he's in that kind of form, he's a really, really top player. Palace going well under Vieira and Gerrard, you know, Villa not yeah, going well, well under Gerrard. Look, the night Arsenal played Palace, I was convinced that night Palace were unlucky. They were bet 2-0. They could easily have got a share of the spies that night. But they're no pushover for anyone. Stephen Gerrard will be a little bit disappointed, I'm sure, but I don't think he'll panic. I think he'll work away with what he has. Everton, lads, you know, won all at home to Forest. Fairness, they show great character. They went 1-0 down with eight or nine minutes to go. Looked like they were beaten. Got a point and, and probably should have nicked it in the end, Mr. Sitter. But um, did you see... 
bar they get in a striker or they get Calvin Lewin back fit and he stays fit for the season it's going to be a season of struggle for Everton yeah, they've just carried on like last season and I alluded to it on the programme last week they have not taken the warning of last year they've put it down to a blip and hoped everything would be rosy in the garden this season it hasn't worked out that way and Everton are paying the price I mean they're not short of a bob or two Calvert Lewin has been has been injury but they've sold their best career. player Rick and yeah. now there's talks that, that Jordan or Gordon chap out the wing yeah. could be going as well so he's their best player Gordon, as well, yeah. Anthony Gordon as well but that's just foolishness yeah. I mean I can't understand what they're like and they're not investing the money even when they yeah. sold Richarlison they, they bought a couple of defenders which meant Look like we have another tough year ahead of us. Yeah, I know, but like I mean, Jesus, like I mean, Rickardson was by by some way their best player and the source of some of their most important goals they scored last season. Look at that, the last game of the weekend was a brilliant game. Fulham and Brentford. It was end to end, brilliant stuff. And Fulham uh, Bear have made a really, really good start to the uh, season. Yeah. And they were themselves and Bournemouth were odds on favourites at the start to go down. But it looks like there's something about this Fulham uh, team. Yeah, and Mitrovic is scoring goals which he is, is important he's getting them into Premiership now I look it's good to see him Fulham years ago were one of the, one of the days of Johnny Haynes and that's before year time but yeah. anyway they were you know they were a big they were a great club that time but I'm glad to see him doing so well but as we've said already it's early days it's early days and credit to them they went they were 2-0 up and, and when Brentford back came to, back to 2-0 yeah. yeah, yeah. how yeah. often have we seen teams fade when they've lost a 2-0 lead yeah. but you know, right to the end. But lads, Mitrovic, he's a serious mm. header at the ball, Mitrovic. Like the goal, oh, like he it's is. A, like he's that's a fashioned. He is, but he's a brilliant header at the ball, yeah. and that was, a, you know, that was a that was a wonderful, wonderful goal. Anything on the on the text machine before we go for the the, the last ad break, Liam? No surprises uh, for guessing that last night's game at Old Trafford is uh, yeah. exciting. Our texters, Jim, must be feeling confused tonight, having no Manchester United players to slaughter. Seriously, <laughs> though, hopefully he, li- hopefully the likes of Rashford and Sancho can produce those performances more often. Um, I, I don't know how you did it Jim but you did manage to turn a positive into a negative slightly there um, yeah. by criticising and rightly so the the, la- the first two games of the season yeah you see this is my yeah. point that should be that effort like that shouldn't have to be bet out of you or coaxed that should be automatically coming yeah. out of you but look we did say a few you know a number of weeks ago when Ten Hag came in you know there's a number of players at that club that he really has to work on to try and get them back yeah. playing and Sancho and, and Rashford were definitely but top of that list but Look, we said the whole club was a shambles and there was probably contributing factors that had nothing to do with the team at all. Yeah. He had a big job. Last night was the first step and I hope he's on the way. Why was last night the first step? Well, aside from the the whole aura around the fixture and it's a, well, it's I a think, derby in, in a sense. I think what, what the one thing, and we'll go quickly, but we'll go to the break then. I think they had nine days in between the debacle at Brentford and last night. And what it obviously shows is that whatever Ten Hag oversaw at the at the training ground obviously has worked. The nine days was invaluable. That nine days, they obviously put a lot of work into it. Mm. And uh, all it does show is that at least they are capable of putting in the effort. You know? yeah, one person just asks, is too much being made of how poor Liverpool were rather than how well Manchester United played? Yeah, and look, that's a valid point. Yeah, but the other thing now, before... W- Liverpool had 70% of possession last night. United only had 30%. So, for to say, you know, Liverpool still had the vast majority of possession. But the issue is, Burr, and it was the same against Crystal Palace, I think they had something like 17, 18 shots per game in the last two. Yeah, yeah. They only had about five or six on target. That's not good enough, and it just shows you that Manchester United and Palace were able to counter what the Liverpool strike force had to throw at them. 
big yeah. teams should be able to like I don't want to call Manchester United a small club far from it but they've been playing like a small club for yeah. ages Crystal Palace are a mid-table club yeah. and Liverpool over 90 minutes could not and grind Fulham. them out and Fulham yeah no but the, the point I was trying to make there is that what United did they did with only 30% of yeah, percentage. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point, yeah. You know, it didn't feel point. like it watching it, though, did yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> we were too busy sneering everyone on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> right, we better go and pay a few bills. The team at TRP Kilkenny are delighted to team up with Kilkenny's number one soccer programme, Offside Soccer, only on community radio Kilkenny City. Jim Cashin with Offside with Burr Scott and many special guests from the world of soccer. 15 seconds. And if you want to make contact with us, 086-353-7782 is the number to text and that's kindly sponsored by taxback.com. Now at this time of the season, the uh, top four predictions are coming in already. Uh, Jim McAvoy has been in touch. He says Manchester City to win the league and then Liverpool, Spurs and Arsenal to make up the rest of the Champions League places. I don't think it's a bad shout, Jim. Well, looking at the moment, uh, you know, that, that you know that there's a definitely definite case for that. Um, I presume Chelsea will improve as the season goes on. You'd imagine the top five will come, for, the top four will come from that five, you know, unless Ten Hag performs, you know, complete miracles. Mm. But um, it, it, it's hard to call. Yeah, and the t- Texts are flying in. Another texter says issues with Everton is the issue with Everton is that they are impended by financial fair fair play rules. Too many reported losses over the past few years, so they need approval from the Premier League on transfer business. They have just rejected a sixty million pound bid from Chelsea for that Gordon player. Don't know who is worse, Everton for for rejecting the amount or for or Chelsea for offering that amount. Haaland only cost fifty two million, and that's a fair point. Yeah, and and look at but having said that, you know they've sold Richardson from an attack. Um, Calvert-Lewin is out for another five or six weeks and has had a horrendous injury uh, run over the last season, a season and a half. And um, if they sell Anthony Gordon, there'll be civil war on the terraces in Stanley Park because the Everton fans love him. He's one of their own. And it'll be a criminal if they cash in on Anthony Gordon. That'll, that'll really go down badly with the fans. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. I, I can't understand what, what Everton are thinking in the boardroom. They have so much money at their disposal. Okay, they might have some um, restrictions on what they can spend at the moment. But like for a club that two or three years ago promised European football and the prospect yeah. of a new stadium, now they're they're but on the brink of going to the championship. And even three games, games in, that's not a huge statement to make. Yeah. Okay, quickly, lads. We've only got 13 minutes to try and get through the games that are coming up. Southampton against United, first up lunchtime Saturday. Bear, we've already alluded to just Southampton have got four points in the last two weeks from losing positions shows that they have character in abundance and they won't lay down and United are going to have to repeat the character of last night Southampton are at home yeah Uh, I said a couple of weeks ago Southampton were my banker to go down I'm going to stick with it now look it depends on United producing something like last night yeah but if they do, they'll win. Well, I think the confidence will be up, and I think they might win. But I certainly wouldn't be backing them at, at crazy prices. Lean quickly. It's nearly a big, a bigger test for Manchester United in the sense of there's the 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 aura and the gravitas of Liverpool was always going to get those players' um, attention on the game and going to get them up for it. Southampton away on a Saturday morning is very, very difficult. Yeah. Historically, it's a difficult fixture. So this all the hard work of last Monday could be gone by hard. Yeah, 
Southampton haven't been too bad this season. No, 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 well, no as I said, no, they've no, got no. four points in the last two weeks from losing positions. They were behind in both games, came back, yeah. drew one and won the other. That but, shows character. They started very well last year as well, and, and they were very lucky in the end, though. They were, yeah, you know. they were, yeah. Uh, Brentford are home to Everton at three o'clock. Everton had, of course, a horrendous away record last season. Brentford, fairly difficult to beat at home, and I think Brentford will be too strong for Everton at well, home. They, they look like they'll be too strong, but I'm going to put an X on it. Oh, you put an X. Liam, what do you think? <laughs> Brentford Brentford play with a lot of energy. I'm a big fan of their midfield. They can they can get you know, they can get in behind teams fairly easily. Everton are struggling. I know they've invested money in defence and uh, that just shows you that they might be under the cosh for the ninety minutes. Uh two teams who have started really, really well. Should be a really good game in Brighton at three o'clock on Saturday. Brighton at home to Leeds and uh hard to call this one. Well, Darryl. I mean after what Leeds done to Chelsea last yeah. week. Now, Brighton have been one of the teams of the season this year. Yeah. So, I, I'm going to go for Brighton to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm left with egg on my face. Yeah, well, I, 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 could, I, can see, I can see an entertaining draw in this game. Uh, Brighton have, you know, drew a lot of matches last season and, um, you know, they've started off really well, but Leeds will be really, really buoyed by that result against uh, Chelsea at the weekend. Yeah, they're two teams that suit each other I think they'll both play an open brand of football there'll be plenty of chances but I can't see either side nicking the win there I just I think that it'll be an entertaining draw Jim I agree with you and uh, probably a one all or a two all There's five three o'clock games on Saturday the third of them is Chelsea at home to Leicester we've already said that Leicester um, you know Leicester have made a poor start to the season Chelsea had made a reasonable start until until the Leeds um, Chelsea have to win at home to Leicester at the weekend they, don't they? They, they have to if they, if they have any you know, intentions of being up there. Yeah. They've got to get it together. But they do need a striker, that's for sure. Yeah, and, the and they're trying to the, buy your man Aubameyang. Yeah, and he could well, he could yeah. well I'd imagine he, he could even be in before yeah, Saturday. The other side of that is that Leicester are only going in one direction. Yeah, well, Fofana is obviously on the verge of joining Chelsea. He might even be there to play against Chelsea at the weekend. Yeah. And they might use Chilemans again. Liam, you know... Chelsea Tuchel will have a week to work with these team he will have been extremely irate with them after last weekend and they'll surely take it out on Leicester will they at the weekend he, he will hope so they were they were beaten by simply as I said enthusiasm on, Le- on Leeds's part um, they were under the cosh and they couldn't deal with the, the, the pressure cooker of Ellen Road this could be a different game altogether I think Chelsea will get plenty of chances now Burr is dead right and we saw it against Spurs that lack of a, a focal figure up front to put the ball in the back of the net is proving costly for Chelsea but they will get chances there will be goals and you'd imagine um, Chelsea might just edge it but in the bigger picture they need they do need a striker because they're getting in the right areas and not converting the chances OK Liverpool uh, can I just say it winless Liverpool are, are, <laughs> you enjoyed are, that, didn't you? are at home to Bournemouth on Saturday at 3 o'clock and surely Liverpool will not be winless after this spur. I don't think so no I think that they Back on track this weekend. Yeah, you know, like I mean, after after the after what happened last night, they, you know, if, if you if you told Jurgen Klopp that what was last night was going to happen, and he said, "Who do you want to play next? Can we play at home to Bournemouth, please?" Surely, Liam, they beat Bournemouth. It's the ideal fixture. I mean, I'm not. I'm worried for Bournemouth. I do think they'll put in a good account of themselves throughout the season, but they've proven so far against Manchester City and Arsenal when teams uh, play football, open football that are just simply superior, they can't cope and they get hockey. But to be fair to them, Barry, 
there. Games two, three, and four are Manchester City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. That's a horrendous oh, start for a newly promoted team. In fairness, they had them out of the way. They won their only other game, like so. You know, but you know, at least they'll have them out of the way. But Jim, like Championship teams have improved so much over the past couple of seasons. They come, they've come up, and they've been more than like in years gone by. They've been one-dimensional. They had a style. It was old-fashioned, and it would work in some games. It wouldn't work in others. They're a bit more sophisticated now, and Bournemouth. I think to their detriment don't have a plan B if a team like a Brighton comes to the vitality you could get a great game and Bournemouth win it yeah. but when Man City or Liverpool come to town or if they go to yeah, those big venues yeah. they just go out and play as if they're playing a, yeah, a, a championship team and they get beaten Liverpool, more times than Liverpool not Liverpool will fill their boots <laughs> uh, Man City home to Crystal Palace Man City made a really good start Palace are a good side this will be a tough game yeah. I don't, no, City will probably edge it yeah. but don't be surprised if Palace get a draw yeah well I would wouldn't be surprised if if, if Palace, Palace are a serious. Well, team. I wouldn't be surprised if they score at least. You know what I mean. But Liam, you know City, you know even in in the draw against Newcastle at the weekend they still played, especially in the last 20-25 minutes, some sublime stuff. And uh, they'll eventually be too good, I'm sure, for Palace, will they? They should be. But if there's a team outside the traditional big six to take on a team like City, it's it's Crystal Palace. I mean, one thing Patrick Vieira has proven that is that he's tactically astute. He sets up his team well, take out the first 20 minutes on the opening night against Arsenal, and they put in a very good account of themselves. So City won't, or Crystal Palace won't be bullied out of this. And if they get the opening goal... They'll they'll t- they'll um, take um, encouragement from that Newcastle game. Okay, the half five game Saturday evening. Arsenal, who have made a great start at home to Fulham, who have also made a really good start. This will be a really this good a entertaining good game, game yeah. with goals. Yeah, with goals. I think Arsenal will edge it. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal probably probably win a high scoring game where both sides find it. Maybe again another ideal fixture. Arsenal will love. They'll get their chance to go out and play a nice football. Fulham will do likewise, and Arsenal will just have too much quality. And the fixture, the f- the computer has been very kind to Arsenal's, and they get an opportunity. I think they have a very winnable first five or six games before they actually play somebody of real mm. substance, and they're getting a real opportunity here to, you know, get get points on the board and gain some real momentum. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's, and that, true, that's yeah. where the the handy start is suiting them there's three games on Sunday two o'clock these two teams we've already stated will be disappointed with their with the um, the starts they've made uh, Aston Villa at home to West Ham hard to know what way this will it go is, it looks like an X yeah like West Ham have no points Villa you know have made a poor yeah, start they're, they're, you know, you know I, I say David Moyes is a, a worried man at present mm. because they look like a team that aren't going anywhere. Yeah, you what know? do you think on that, Liam? I agree to I agree to an extent, but I saw signs against Nottingham Forest to give me encouragement for West Ham. They played with um, you know a lot of energy. They looked like the mo- their old selves, and really they should have scored at one stage in the match, and that could have changed the whole trajectory of the game. Um, West Ham just need to get that first three points on the board. As for Aston Villa, I'm not buying into this English hype surrounding Steven Gerrard or Frank Lampard, mind you, as well. He's come in. There's all sorts of statistics and records going around social media showing exactly how Steven Gerrard is doing and let's just say the win rate is not as high as Villa supporters would like so if he goes the next five to six games and doesn't get a two let's say two wins at least out of them yeah. I think serious questions need to be asked because I think and one man that'll be feeling very hard done by is Dean Smith I don't think Villa have come on that much since he's left and a bad run ultimately cost him 
Wolves are home to Newcastle. Wolves in the first half against Spurs at the weekend played really, really well. Played really well. The old Wolves problem rose his head again. They've not scored goals. Raul Jimenez is out injured, and I can see Newcastle beating Wolves yeah, in Molyneux yeah. at the weekend. I think the match last week will have done a lot for Newcastle. Yeah, absolutely, you know. absolutely. And uh, the half four game on Sunday, lads, is Notts Forest are home to Spurs. Now, look at Forest have had two draws. Um, you know signed 13, 14 new players so it looks like they have a whole new team in effect coming in um, Tottenham you know you know, let's call it a spade a spade lads we're lucky to get the draw against Chelsea and didn't pull up any trees last Sunday against uh, against Wolves in the 1-0 win and uh, they're going to have to go and battle it out with uh, away well, to Nuts Forest Forest will be tough at home but yeah. again this is one of where Conte yeah Get him through. Yeah, I, I, one nil. One nil. I, I, I can see a, a, a grinding win for Spurs. What do you think, Liam? Yeah, it'll be shaky. Nottingham Forest. We're still in the very uh, the early stages of the season, and that promotion bounce is still there with Nottingham Forest. They've invested money. It, the jury is still out as to whether all that invest those investments will work. But if Nottingham Forest get an early goal, Spurs, you know they ha- they can't. They're not. They're great defensively and they're set up really well. But they're not a team that are going to wallop teams four or five in many games. So if they do fall behind and things don't go their way, Nottingham Forest have a chance. But if pragmatic Spurs come out and they frustrate Nottingham Forest you'd imagine Harry Kane will do the business and they'll win the game Okay, well, of course, we'll be looking back at all those games next Tuesday night here on Offside. And, of course, next week, lads, there's a midweek round of fixtures in the Premier League as well next between next Tuesday and Wednesday night. So we'll have lots to look forward to. Quickly, Shamrock Rovers made a massive statement in the Premier in the League of Ireland at Sunday night. won 3 nil at home to their nearest challengers, Dundalk. And I think that's... I think they sold it up by doing that. Yeah, I think they did too. It looks like they're really going to be able to concentrate on the... Upcoming European campaign, which is more than likely going to be in the in the Conference League. Have we anything that we want to go to for a minute or two, Liam? No, Jim McAvoy has been in touch and he's just given a few predictions. Perhaps running your treble uh, for uh, running yeah, it close yeah, this yeah. weekend. Uh, he's going for United to beat Southampton three one. Leeds to be Brighton by a goal to nil. Liverpool to hammer Bournemouth four nil. And Man City scores, to beat Palace two nil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, given yeah. the scores and all as well. Do you, do you seek Jim's advice now when you do your trebles? Uh, well, look at nobody. <laughs> No, but well, put it this way: nobody seeks my advice anyway. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Quickly, Bear, um, you know, looking at looking going, going back for a minute on last night. United fans need to keep their feet on the ground. This this was oh, just yeah. one ninety minutes. Get carried away. And by like, any as somebody I mean. as somebody said to me last night, if they couldn't do it tonight, Against, yeah. if they, no, but if they couldn't do it, you know, after everything that had happened with a nine day delay. On a Monday night, in packed in a front of a packed to Old Trafford against an understrength Liverpool, if they didn't show a bit of fight last night, well then there was no fight no. in them. So we won't get carried away. As always, the hour has caught up with us. As said that here every Tuesday night, Bear, yourself and myself will be back with Pat Tracy on Saturday Sport on Saturday. Liam, I'm sure you're on air on a number of occasions over the weekend. We'll be back next Tuesday night with another edition of Offside. Kevin Lee Farr is up next. Thanks for listening. Good night and God. Bless.